Chris. Hi, Mr. Elliot. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Uh, all right. You know, doing a lot of social distancing at home, so you know, it is what it is. It's uh, couldn't put it better. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to the news cycle. I'm your host, Iris Harshaw. It's Tuesday, April 14th. The COVID-19 pandemic shut down the Davis Joint Unified School District on March 13th. And since then, Davis High's teachers have been preparing to launch distance learning. Though DJUSD officially started school yesterday, the first online classes really started today. Presented by both me and fellow News Cycle producer, Dahlia Kraus, these are the perspectives of five DHS teachers who have spent lots of time and energy trying to transform their curriculum into a digital format. This is Back to School, part two. First of all, I, I really miss being in the classroom and I miss seeing um, my students, so that part's been really hard. Though English teacher Spencer Elliott misses being in his classroom, he does find some enjoyment in the new skills that he's acquiring. There's this silver lining, which is I'm becoming a better teacher because I'm forcing myself to learn things like Google Classroom and Screencastify and Flipgrid and some of these, I don't know, these, these sort of web-based, I don't know, they're, t- they're teacher tools, right? They're web-based teacher tools that I'd never used before um, and I probably never would have unless I was forced to. And now that I'm learning them, um, I'm kind of enjoying it. And I'm like, you know, this is going to make me a better teacher. And the, some of the stuff is stuff I will I will use even when... Um, things get back to normal. English teachers face a particular problem during this crisis. They aren't able to easily get the necessary books to their students. There are PDF versions of certain novels that I can use. So, for example, I will do an animal farm unit, but there some of the books don't have PDF versions or there's copyright issues and things that you have to deal with. So, for example, with my college prep class, I was really excited about some new books that I was going to try out on some kids, and like those have had to go on the back burner until you know, next school year. Um, so that part's sad. DJUSD has decided that the rest of the semester will be graded on a pass-no-pass system, rather than using a letter system and measuring GPA. Elliot has conflicting feelings about this new grading system. I have mixed emotions because I think in some ways it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, if there's a kid who, who's having trouble with internet access and, and uh, you know, those sorts of things, it's like, well... You know, I, I hate it's, it doesn't seem fair that a kid's grade would slip to a C or a D or something like that. Or, you know, when um, when it, if they're sort of if, it, if the circumstances are outside of their control. Um, so I understand why the district's doing it. Um, and I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I just have mixed feelings. I think part of the problem is that for many students, um, the grade is their incentive to learn and. If you take away the grade, um, I'm worried that it'll take away the motivation to learn. Though Elliot feels prepared to launch his new curriculum, the feelings that accompany not being able to teach in person persist. Oh, it's been sad. I've been sad. Um, I'm, I just, I, I love being a teacher and I love being in the classroom. Um, and uh, when, when I'm deprived of that, of the face-to-face with, with people, then it, it, it makes me feel sad. However, Elliot tries not to let himself slip too far into that mindset. As I start to become like feeling sorry for myself and mopey, um, I realize that, you know what, we have income and not everyone does right now. And 
we have a backyard that our kids can run around in and not everyone has that. And, um, we're safe, um, as safe as safe can be. And so, um, I try to find that perspective and then I realize, you know, this is the way it has to be and we're going to be okay. Doug Wright teaches AP art history and AP ceramics. In addition to facing the task of online teaching, he faces the duty of taking care of his six adopted children, four of which are under the age of four. Wright recalls how he felt during the first week of break. I remember when I started getting the first information coming out from the district that April 13th, you know, we're all going to be teaching online courses. I was pretty emotional, and the whole thing was just like, you know, just dealing with having the kids at home the whole time, you know, and the pressure of being a great dad, and now I have to be a care provider, and then my wife's working full-time, and I'm here, you know, managing six children, and then all of a sudden they're talking about teaching online, and I'm like, you know, God, I struggle just getting into my email account sometimes. I'm like, you know, it was daunting. Wright says the district clearly told teachers to go slowly with online school and just provide basic information. And Wright hopes teachers will follow that. My worry is that some teachers are so eager that they're going to bury some students with work. And I just hope that teachers realize that a lot of students, some students are like, hey, bring it on, man, I got nothing to do, I'm ready to go. But like my 14-year-old daughter, man, we're going to try to give her for class time, where, you know, three hours in the morning, a couple hours off for lunch and activity, maybe a couple more hours in the afternoon. And during that time, she won't have to change diapers or do feeding or do chores. She is somebody who we do lean on to do feeding at times or to change diapers or to go get something done because she can do it, right? There might not be other 14-year-olds that have four siblings under the age of four, but they're trying to help manage while they're doing this curriculum. For teaching AP Ceramics, Wright will assign sculpture projects that can be made from materials found at home. From this crisis, Wright sees a positive opportunity for his students. For most of like ceramic students, Mr. Wright's like, hey, get to work, get your projects out, get it done, get it checked off, right? Well, now I'm not there, you know, looming over some student making them do their work, or some teacher's not looming over my 14-year-old daughter making sure she gets all the odd problems done on some math sheet returning by the end of the period for 50% of her grade. So the students have to take great children initiative. Still, Wright is worried that online teaching is just not his style. So much of my teaching is that personal relationship with students and just that eye contact or nudging somebody to wake up during a lecture or telling a story or whatever, and now I'm going to be just buried in Google Classroom folders. I just, I, I already spend enough time on a computer. You know, I like to make art. I like to paint. I like to sculpt. I like to coach. I like to tell stories. I like to joke with students. I didn't sign up to sit in front of a computer. I'm just not sure the skill set that I've mastered over the last quarter of a century of teaching, 25 years of teaching. You know, I have to put all of that aside and in two weeks have to become like computer teacher. I can see teaching online being an effective type of thing. I'm just not sure it's going to be effective for me. It might take a different type of person. Environmental science teacher Eric Baston has set up his online classroom and is ready for school to start again. 
According to Bastin, DJUSD has given teachers a lot of freedom in designing their own online curriculums. There's been guidance, but fortunately they've kind of given us enough rope to, what they used to say when I had a a previous job, enough rope to hang yourself. They've given us the flexibility and the freedom to, you know, deliver the material um, specific for what we're doing, um, which is good because that's, you know, in theory why you have different teachers to teach their own content. So I've been felt I've been given plenty of freedom, and I, I think you guys are going to benefit from that. Bastin has decided to use Google Classroom to post assignments for his students and upload lecture PowerPoints with newly recorded narrations. I don't really see a deviation really that much from what we would have done anyway. It's just going to be condensed and hopefully streamlined for you guys because you have lies, and I want to respect that. Bastin has relied on colleagues to develop his new teaching method. The, the best help I've probably gotten has been from, you know, friends at the college level who have been through this several weeks ago. So I've kind of picked their brains to see what works in their own classes and tried to incorporate as much of that as I can rather than trying to reinvent the wheel. DJUSD has arranged a schedule for teachers to meet with their classes over video chat every week on a program called WebEx. But Bastin is choosing not to use this format. I, I think a lot of the teachers that know where they're going with this have been able to do it. So it's kind of a self-paced for you guys. Um, some subjects lend themselves probably better to the WebEx format, but I know for what I do, it wouldn't be nearly as effective for you guys, and so that's why I've chosen not to do it. Between recording lectures and setting up Google Classroom, Bastin's main focus over this break has been his family's evening meal. I feel like I'm 85 years old and, and everything revolves around what I'm having for dinner. I'm going to be a great senior citizen someday because I feel like I've experienced it already. English teacher Shenandoah Kehoe is stuck at home like everyone else, and she is pregnant. The positive has just been able to read more and play music to the baby and hang out with my husband. But with school no longer in the classroom, Kehoe worries she will be unable to find the ideal long-term substitute for the beginning of next year when she is home with her newborn. And she had to tell her students her exciting news of being pregnant in a recorded Google Classroom video instead of in person. With the baby I'm expecting uh, in August, you know, I just kind of wanted to share that with the students, and it's not going to be what I thought. Transitioning to online school has been relatively smooth for Kehoe because she already uses Google Classroom and tech tools, but her concern is that she will unknowingly assign her students too much work. She says that the district instructed teachers to only assign students two hours of work for their classes each week. We do at least four hours a week together when we're in school, and then you always have a little bit of work that you do at home. So to kind of hear that we're, we're only learning like half of what we would be doing normally um, was a little shocking, but then realizing how much you guys are dealing with, I think it's appropriate. And like other teachers, she is unsure what the pass-no-pass no pass grading system actually means, because she has not received a specific explanation from the district. I, I still have questions. Because to me, that's a good step in the right direction, but I still need more information. So I don't, what does it mean for someone not to pass? Overall, though, Kehoe thinks online school is a positive opportunity for Davis High. I think in general, I'm actually glad because we have so much pressure on so many of our students at DHS. And so many of you are taking really rigorous courses and your extracurriculars on top of all of that. And so I've been concerned over the last three years about how much anxiety and stress our campus has. And I think that 
cutting this down and just focusing on your well-being is going to make everybody's life actually hopefully a little bit more normal and maybe when we come back next year we can realize like we need more of a balance angie hopes this will unite davis high it's cool to watch other teachers in this time i think this is bringing us together more as a staff i think typically davis teachers tend to work uh, solo a lot we have our own classrooms we have a lot of our own curriculum so I'm, I'm hoping that when we go back to normal, whatever that ends up being, people don't just ditch Google Classroom. I hope it becomes a normal thing for our school because if everyone used it, we'd be like, oh, well, we all know how to do this and this will be easier. So I think this will show us that we need to do things in a more unified collective way across the board. Linda Hoosman is the physiology and anatomy teacher at Davis High. She has taught for over 20 years and is retiring at the end of this school year. Because of COVID-19, Hoosman is forced to say goodbye to her career by struggling through online teaching. It's all new to me. I haven't done Google Classroom at all. I haven't done any kind of WebEx. Hoosman has reviewed the district training videos that are posted online and received help from her husband as she navigates her way through transforming her curriculum. For the past three weeks, she has spent more than five hours each day on prep work even on the weekends. The big problem is that her class is a lab class. Part of the final exam is a rat dissection where students open a rat, they identify all the organs and they tell me what they are and what they do as part of a system. So they're coordinating everything that they've learned for the entire year. And that's not happening because it can't. Hoosman also has to adapt her teaching technique to the pass-no-pass pass system, which is a decision from the district that she will follow, but a decision that she is disappointed in. I think if I can give students work to do and they could do the work, that I should be able to look at that and say, yes, they have an excellent understanding or they don't get it, which would be A, B, C, D, you know, F, they didn't do it. So I feel like I would have been able to do that. So for the kids who have worked really hard to maintain an A, I think that that is disappointing to them. With her online lesson plans, Hoosman is concerned about student accessibility. She thinks the district's initiative of providing Chromebooks to students in need will help but not solve the problem. Probably my biggest concern is accessibility for my students. Whether they're going to be able to get there on a device, for example, other than a phone, so that they can actually see things, because phones are pretty small. Um, do they have a, a computer or something where they can actually watch a video? Through all these changes, Hoosman is sad that she will not get the traditional closure from her last year of teaching. It's a milestone, and this milestone is very different from the way I envisioned this milestone to be. Looking towards the future, Hoosman believes this crisis teaches a powerful lesson about emergency preparedness. Knowing what I know about immunology, it's not, I feel like it's not the end of this. This is going to be something that we are seeing more and more often. And I feel like we as a society need to get a handle on this. Um, what to do when it happens again, because it will. The news cycle is produced by the Blue Devil Hub in collaboration with the Davis Enterprise. Iris Harshaw is the producer. 
Dahlia Krause is the assistant producer, and Daniel Ruiz Jimenez is the studio recording engineer. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Davis.